The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering things, all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. This is episode 14. I am Rich. I'm Jay. And I'm Scott. Today we'll be back for the review of the long sought after Final Fantasy VII Remake, Part 2. Before we jump back into that review, let's see what everybody's been up to this week. What have you been up to, Scott? Well, let's see. I got my weekly Ring Fit Adventure in, beat World 14 in that, I think. So at my rate, I'll probably beat the game in a few months, maybe. if <laughs> Probably longer, actually, because um, the game is getting actually getting harder lately. So... <laughs> Um, quarantine where you're just getting out of shape. The game is not getting harder. You're just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, maybe that's more it. Hey, I'm in really good shape right now compared to what I have been, but, uh, uh, more animal crossing. I'm trying to think of what all has been going on in that. Um, did the May day tour where you get to go to like a foreign Island and do like a maze type deal. It's really interesting for animal crossing. And then the museum expanded. There's an art gallery now. I know how much you guys care about all that. <laughs> I, I just have one question. Okay. About Animal Crossing. What does it deal with all this turnip crap? Okay. So uh, they call it the stalk market. Okay. Basically, every Sunday morning b- before noon, there's a character that shows up on your island. Her name is uh, Daisy May, and she sells turnips. And so after you buy those from her, Every other day during the week, your store on the island will buy turnips from you at different prices. So the goal is to sell all your turnips for more than you bought them for. And the way it works is you could get a price that was like five or six times higher than how much you bought the turnips for. And so if you spent a lot of money buying turnips, you can potentially make, you know, millions that week. The thing is, the prices are not set. And every person playing will have a different price on each day. So if you, you know, sort of work with your friends and pay attention to what everybody has and what's going on, you are almost guaranteed to be able to sell for a good price every week. It's the by far the easiest way to make money fast in the game. So real life stock market, basically. In a yeah, video basically. Game. The stuff okay, market. I was just wondering. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking about it. I'm like, what is the deal with this turnip business? So it kind of sounds a little uh, 
a little stressful. Yeah. Um, it can be because, um, you know, if you miss out and hold on to your turnips too long, you could lose a lot of money too. Um, Real life. Do they, do they have index funds for turnips? <laughs> they should. I know there's <laughs> a, a lending place. There's this website you can go to that has, you know, analyzed patterns from the past games as far as turnip prices. And you could, if you check every uh, day and put the prices that you have in, the wizard will be like, you should hold on to them or you should sell them. <laughs> uh, so you, even That's if, too much work. Even if you're not playing with other people, there's a good chance you can figure out what you're doing. Or when you need to sell. <laughs> wow. Intense. Yeah, I think it's fun, though. Well, I'm just happy to, you know, make millions of bills at once. That's the in-game currency. Um, <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> so yeah. I just started shopping around for Ring Fit Adventure mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I kind of want to play it. Uh, on Amazon, There, it's like 250 bucks. Wow. <laughs> you can make a lot of so, money, Scott. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, I think it. it's cheaper to buy the accessory set separate and then just buy the game digitally. It may be like the the actual box with the stuff in it is ridiculously expensive. I guess Nintendo didn't anticipate uh, the demand for that, <laughs> or did yeah. they? Uh, maybe that it would be a Nintendo <laughs> thing to do. Um, but yeah, that game I think it's really fun. Like I would rather do that than actually work out any day. <laughs> um. Other than those two things, uh, we've been playing more Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. We finished World 4 of that last night. That game's still fun. We've been doing it in co-op, which the only thing I don't like about that is if you play with another person, one person has to be Donkey Kong, and it's way easier to be one of the other Kongs. So I'm playing as DK, even though I like all the other Kong characters better, but that's a minor complaint, I guess. (laughs) Um, and then the only other thing that, oh, there's been more Persona 5 Royal. We just beat Kamashita's Palace last night. Um, I'm still not like super hot or impressed with the game so far, but like I said, most people say it gets better later. Um, however, the boss fight with Kamashita, that was awesome. Like it was a very like dynamic boss fight where like you have to, plan out what you're doing and send out your characters and there's like story scenes in the middle of the fight i really liked that part so far what do you think of the battle system i thought it was um i think persona 5 might have one of my favorite turn-based battle systems it's interesting because um i have been Corey has been playing it i haven't even played the game at all but i've just been watching the whole time um so it's a little hard for me to grasp all the inner workings it looks cool the only thing that really uh, annoys me about it is the holdup system, because I feel like um, almost every battle he's holding somebody up or the monster up, which really breaks like the flow of the. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Never heard my phone make that sound before. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it was a very yeah. delightful emergency. Yeah, really. Yeah, it might have been turn up prices. <laughs> turn up update. Um, turn up date. Well, turn up. Yep. <laughs> Turned um, up. Yeah. But I feel like the, the hold up thing really breaks the flow of the battle. Um, uh, but other than that, it, it looks cool. The, uh, it's really the part where you win a battle and then the victory animation is you running is pretty cool until you like sort of look at the background and realize it, he's really just running in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that. And then Do you dig the art style. 
Oh yeah, the art style is awesome, um, especially the UI and the menus. Um, the actual it remind print. it reminds me of like Beautiful Joe, yeah, or like uh, kind of those older style comic-y games. Yeah, I do wish that the graphics were were a little bit better because it I feel like the graphics don't stand up to like the art design in general. Um, but what can you do? Wasn't this a PlayStation Three game? I thought it was PS4. I, I could be wrong about that. I had also, I also think, think it's just PS4. Okay, it, I was looking at that. It looks I, like I could have sworn that, it looks like it could have ran on the PS3 though. Um, the only other thing I've been playing is I've restarted FF7 remake. Um, we I've been doing hard mode. I just beat chapter six in that last night. Um, at first I was like really frustrated by hard mode like i couldn't figure out like how to change up my play style in that but i think i've just about gotten the grasp of it now and it's still a lot of fun i'm, I'm still loving the game so correction persona 5 was on the yeah, playstation yep. 3 oh, i just wow. cr- looked it up <laughs> <laughs> well that explains a lot so they i guess they made a ps4 port hmm. interesting yeah, yeah i mean that makes sense because tales of vesperia and Berseria were, bo- were both playstation 3 mm. and it does not look like a PlayStation 4 game when you play it yeah. or feel like one. Well, I guess I can be slightly more forgiving of the graphics then. <laughs> um, but that's it for me. What about uh, you, Richard? Well, I have been playing a little bit of Tales of Vesperia, a little bit of Crisis Core, and then I got really bored, I guess, one day or one night and started up Final Fantasy Legend on the collection of mana. Wow. <laughs> And uh, uh, that was originally a Game Boy game. Am I right about yeah. that? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. I, I actually like it. Um, I don't, it doesn't give you a lot of direction. A lot of, a lot of old RPG Game Boy games just tell you like, go here and then you just got to fumble your way through stuff. So yeah. Hmm. Um, you could have been I, playing Final Fantasy one. I could be. Yeah. I play those old school RPGs. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's Final Fantasy legend. Still a Final Fantasy game. Oh, that's true. Sort of. So um, I got that. And then that's really all I've been playing. So I went back to the gym and stuff too. So I'm getting back into the rhythm of things. So your gym's your already area. opened. Yep. The, uh, we, we have not completely reopened yet. Some stuff has, but it's going to be incremental, which Michigan and the Detroit area is one of the worst in the country. So I mm. guess that makes sense. Our gyms reopened Friday. However, uh, even if I did go to the gym, it would be a, I'd still wait a while longer if it was me, but to each their own. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your I would Petri also dish. Be I, I do. I don't touch nobody. I, I always wipe stuff down and then I showers immediately when I get home and desanitize or I sanitize my clothes that before they go in the laundry. So I do a couple extra steps. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So where Jay, are you? What about at? you? In Crisis Core. Well, oh, me? Yeah, I had more questions uh, for you. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were done with that. Uh, I'm still in the same spot. I've been just doing missions. Oh, okay. So that'll take you like 50 hours if you keep that yeah. up. <laughs> and then I get to the story, which I'll be super over-leveled, where I'll just one-shot everybody. Yep. That's how it goes in that game. So, yeah. Um, I'm cool and where that, are you at in Vesperia? Uh, Vesperia, I am... I got to the tower... After I fought, oh, don't spoils, no spoils. <laughs> okay, so I can't really talk about it. I think I'm further than Jay. Okay, all so right. Well, then, I'm, I'm in some places. Well, then Jay can go now. Uh, yeah, my 
I had a pretty busy work week, so I didn't play too many video games. But when I did, it was just Tales of Vesperia. Um, since Rich is ahead of me, I am still stuck in the forest of which I cannot pronounce or remember. Um, <laughs> and I actually spent probably about an hour trying to fight a boss that I did not have to fight. Uh, nice. So once I found out I didn't have to fight him, um, I, I'm pretty sure it's like a like a bonus boss you get to go to some other time they just let you interact with it early for some ungodly reason mm-hmm. um yeah that kind of annoyed me so i don't think i've been back to it since then and if i have it was just to walk on some trees to get t- closer to the next destination but yeah that's pretty much all i've played i am like right on the cusp of downloading final either final fantasy 2 or final fantasy 5 to start playing that on a um my 2ds via um cool you know firmware but um outside of that based on what you jay just said do you know about how much further you are rich what's that based on how i'm not he's i want to say he's probably about a good hour behind me maybe a little bit a little bit more not too far because once he figures out that he couldn't he didn't need to fight that boss which was hilarious by the way um <laughs> he was destroying me too i was like i don't i was i was playing this i'm like i'm i'm like uh maybe in my mid-20s level wise i think um and i was fighting him i was like okay like i'm getting him down to like six thousand hp out of the like sixty thousand or eighty thousand that he had and then he hits gets to a point where he hits like his um I don't I don't remember exactly what they call it in the game, but it's basically like his his limit break or whatever. Over limit. Yeah, his over limit. And instead of like he basically thrashes around, knocks everybody around him, sticks his little pincer into the ground and just heals like twenty thousand HP. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't do enough damage to because he, he he heals himself in super fast increments of like two thousand. I'm like, I can't, this is impossible. And then I looked it up. And then you told me you didn't fight him. And yep. I was like, ah. I, was like I, I saw that guy down there. He's really big. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go poke that thing. <laughs> no, this is it. a different one. Oh, I, different I one? did. Okay. Yeah, I did learn that I couldn't beat that one because it, the, the game tells you, hey, you can't fight this one. Sometimes you just need to run away. But then this time, like you interact with like a barrier that's kind of north of where you were supposed to go. Huh. And um, and they're like, oh, hey, what's going on with this barrier? And then the thing just drops and fights and since there was a scene i was like oh this must be where i'm at where i'm supposed to be but no (laughs) wow (laughs) awesome yep i just anything big like that i'm like you know what i'm gonna avoid that Hmm. so yeah good times is that it for you jay that's it for me all right well let's move on all right safe state of the podcast let's talk for a little bit about our patreon um, so we've got lots of great benefits on the Patreon. Um, you know, you can get access to the episodes early, at least a day early, sometimes more. Um, you'll get the ad free versions of the show. You don't have to listen to me and Rich, uh, talk about anchor for minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, you, we also have uh, video versions. You could watch those after we have recorded them or you can participate in the live stream and chat with us live we will probably read your comments on air if you do that. So uh, look into that. And then we also have the Aftercast. We just released um, 
our second aftercast last week, it was basically uh, we talked all about the coronavirus and how it's been affecting our lives and how it affected the gaming industry. So look forward to more of that. I'm thinking our next one might. What the fuck again? Is that even my phone? <laughs> uh, and then I think we might do our next aftercast um, for just general theories about what's going to happen in the Final Fantasy VII remake. So that'll be a good one. On top of that, we got extra reviews and a lot more. So, for example, this week I'm going. One of the benefits is called Scott's Guidebooks, and that's because. Um, when I was younger, like middle school-ish age, I wrote a lot of like video game guides just for my own personal use. Um, so I'll be posting like one of those a month on Patreon. How many do you have? Uh, probably a, somewhere between a dozen, 20-ish, something like that. Holy crap. Jeez. <laughs> um, so the one I'm going to post this month, um, I actually created a timeline of all the events of the compilation of final fantasy seven with pictures and everything, just cause I was that big of a nerd <laughs> when I was younger. Um, so I thought that would be very relevant with what's going on right now. Um, Rich and I are going to record the resident evil three make review at some point. Yeah. And, uh, that's about it for our Patreon. So we would really appreciate your support. You can find us at, uh, patreon.com slash RPG after years. One more note on that. We uh, would like to thank a new patron that we have. Um, he goes by, quote, give me Persona 4 in 2020 or give me Jim's place on the podcast on Patreon. So <laughs> I don't know who that is, but we appreciate the support nonetheless. Yeah. All right. Jim. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, person taking Jim's place. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it for the patron. Patreon. Uh Tell us about the Material Lockdown, Rich. Awesome. So the Material Lockdown Challenge is still going on for this month. Uh, we have one more month left uh, since it is a brand new month of May. Uh, so while you're locked down in your house for the quarantine, you can get down with some Material Lockdown. If you have more information, go to materiallockdown.com. Lock down yourself and lock down your materia. That should have been a, uh, a tagline. <laughs> I just thought of this. It's just it's awesome. <laughs> All right. So that's it for that. Okay, um, we want to launch into the news, Phyllis? Let's do it. Okay. Hear ye, hear ye, gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. So right off the bat, our first news item to talk about is that uh, Microsoft has finally given us a date, uh, and it's May 7th, where they're going to announce a series of uh, the Xbox Series X games that will be coming out. Um, I think there has been some um, chatter around Microsoft doing this. Uh, and just giving everybody like, hey, these games are going to show up on this new generation. Uh, well, now we have a date for that. That's May 7th, uh, so next week. Uh, so keep your eyes out for that, and maybe we'll get some pretty cool game reveals. I've seen some people start abbreviating this as the XB, XB6, which is pretty clever. It's always X-Bone, <laughs> XB6. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, 
Uh, is that it for that? That's it for that. So I'll take this one. So the Final Fantasy XIV MMORPG is being invol- evolved again with uh, potentially taking out a good chunk of story in the first exp- the first base game of the a Realm Reborn, uh, since it is considered the most unenjoyable one out there. So just be mindful of that. Uh, that is coming with the 5.3 update along with uh, Flying Mounts. Hmm. So I thought That's we it. already knew about this. Is the, the news here the fact that uh, it's well, now we have a date or for when it's going to happen? Um, it doesn't have a date quite yet um, because of the COVID-19 stuff is what I was looking at. Um, it could still be delayed by at least a week or two in mid-June. Yeah. So just be on the lookout for those that would potentially changing. Yeah, I've heard that, like you said, the beginning of... A realm reborn is the worst part. You know, that's always going to be the first thing people experience. So this is probably a really smart move on their part. Grindy as hell. So enjoy a realm reborn reborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. So lastly, uh, I just wanted to talk briefly on this. Uh, did you guys see the, uh, the trailer, the CG trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Did you watch it at all? I did not no. watch it, but I did, um, watch the reveal uh for a little bit it it looks good it looks sick they uh they brought back the hidden blade finally and it was held by a cool viking dude fighting a a knight um yeah i'm looking forward to playing this game when it comes out i didn't play um odyssey at all but i'm pretty sure that odyssey was like uh they flipped a switch with the assassin's creed series and brought it from like like a kind of an action adventure to a RPG setting. Uh, so they're doing the same with Valhalla, except it's Vikings and Vikings are just a lot cooler. Yeah. I've heard that uh, Odyssey was sort of like a revitalization for the series that it was apparently really good. I also thought it was funny. Um, one of my friends, uh, she goes by Mrs. Dizzy on Twitter. She's the one who did our album art. Um, she does streams on Twitch while she does her art a lot and she one day was randomly doing assassin's creed fan art that somebody requested um in like a uh futuristic setting so I th- and then like the that day the new assassin's creed got announced i thought that was really ironic that is funny if only if only it was like assassin's creed cyberpunk oh, <laughs> that's coming right <laughs> yeah probably i'm sure it will it'll be space pirates Do you want to do cool. the upcoming so, RPGs, Jay? Yep, I sure will. So upcoming RPGs, we basically got nothing really going on. Uh, Wintermore Tactics Club comes out May 5th, uh, which is Tuesday. Um, so a couple days before this is released. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all that we have listed. So it's going to be a pretty boring couple weeks, guys. These releases are going to get more sparse as the quarantine stuff continues. Although it sort of seems like we might be coming to the end here. Who knows? Yeah. Assuming there's well, not another curve. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was thinking about something too. Why, if if we've got listeners out there that are actually developers on RPGs and whatnot, promote their stuff too, since we're running low on actual AAA titles. I imagine that so. there's a lot of games that aren't listed on that Wikipedia article with the dates that we look at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just have to look at it and go, wow, there's nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, good times. Well, let's take a quick break before we get to our main discussion. 
Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast, where we are... Hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let me just go check it out quickly. Ah! 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 It's Twitter Troy Titan. Ah! Ah, my leg! Ah, he's eating my leg! Ah! Bill? No! Oh, it's gone! He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler! Troy's eating my f***ing leg! Uh, anyways... Uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read an arc of the manga a month, try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, what? What? You want, what, what's, what do you want? Where can people listen to the podcast? <laughs> I, don't, uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's going to eat me. He's going to eat me. Oh. Why are there so many cats in here? God, I hope you uh, get, can I get a new co-host? All right, guys, we're back and still on this crazy train ride of Final Fantasy VII Remake Story Recap. on chapter nine right so that's where tifa had a she was on a on a little carriage ride dressed all nice uh and cloud found her and she's taking taken to the dawn right so real quick um just for everybody else there we can spoil everything now there is no <laughs> no holds barred we're not going to hold back or be vague about anything so this truly is your Last chance to get off of this train, <laughs> if you like. You have to jump. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so there's your warning. Uh, just hop off now. Yep. I, I need like a spoiler alert, like drop or something. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah. so let's go to that. So we've got it now where we saw everything was happening with uh, with Aerith and Cloud. They had that you know nice conversation Pre, prior to seeing chapter chapter eight nine close or uh, eight close, uh, the body the budding, I can't speak budding, bodyguard is done. That's been completed. So now she Aerith has convinced Cloud to go to Wall Market to save Tifa, because the Don is such a pervert. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. So and- I think it's more than more than him being a pervert. He's just a. <laughs> Pretty sure he murders people after he's done with them. Yeah, yeah. It kind of seems that way. <laughs> well, don't we learn that from Leslie later? That like his. Well, we'll get to that when we get there. Yeah, that's but, that's later on. Yeah. Uh, so you take a guide for uh, through Wall Market. So what did you guys think of Wall Market? It was amazing. Yeah, I thought graphically it was awesome. Yeah, and uh, even the side quests here were like very. Uh, well thought out and entertaining. It's like they sort of turned all the different things you could do in the OG to get, you know, the different pieces of Cloud's outfit into like a cool like sub quest in this chapter. Yeah. So what did you guys think of the that, um the new characters, the three that were like in charge of picking the Dawn's bride choices? 
So there was like Madam M, who's like a kind of a erratic. She's a hand masseuse. Hand masseuse. She looks like a geisha. Mm-hmm. Um, Chocobo Sam, who's like a really deep voiced uh, cowboy dude. And um, the third one is, oh, uh, Andrea Rodea, the Honeybee Inn owner. I thought they were great. Um, maybe one of my favorite additions in regards to like actual retcons of the original storyline, not just uh, meta meta retcons, but actual changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, thought they were fine. <laughs> they were really interesting. They kind of owned every scene they were in for the most part. Um, so I really enjoyed their addition. So a couple things too, if you guys noticed, there are some choices that you make regarding dialogue in this area that do affect your um, dress. Right. I don't know if you guys knew that. So also gives you different type of uh, side quests that you get. Yep. Um, it's interesting because Tifa's dresses are uh, affected by a, a dialogue choice you make in chapter three in the sector seven slums while talking to her. And Harris are based on how many side quests you did in the chapter five slums chapter uh, or sector five slums. And then that, that must be why I, she had the uh, really boring dress on <laughs> in my playthrough. Yeah. So for me, I got the best dress for cloud, the best dress for Aerith and Tifa was in like an exotic Chinese dress. Cause I told her she, something exotic would suit her in chapter three. <laughs> uh, yeah. What did you guys get? Well, I got I the same re- thing you did. I don't remember what Tifa was wearing, but all of mine was the basic of everything because I did no side quests. Well, the problem is there's a trophy for getting all the dresses. So um, if you want to get that trophy, you have to replay chapter three and five to completion two more times as well as chapter nine. So um, <laughs> that that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. But I'm making sure that it, I do the things to get the different dresses as I play through hard mode. Uh, so once you do all that. Well, what about um, one more thing? What about the gym? What did you guys think about that part? I didn't go. <laughs> you didn't go at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was so fun. I, I didn't realize I missed it until I was done with the chapter. I was mm-hmm. like, wait a second. I didn't see the gym at all. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because in the original, the owner of the gym was it had like a female character model. Didn't have a name or anything. But in this one, it's like a very like effeminate looking buff dude <laughs> named Jules. Who I think you find out later is like the younger brother of Andrea Rodea. So I, I thought that yeah. was interesting. <laughs> um, so the squat mini game, did you have any problems with that, uh, Rich? Nope. I uh, when I had the opportunity to take on all the challenges, I did pretty well. Yeah, I, I got gold tier in all of them. It's not until a later chapter, um, but there's also a pull up challenge with Tifa there later, where it's just like a harder version of the squat mini game. Mm. I, I found that to be pretty challenging, but I did manage to get through it. I didn't do that one yet. I totally forgot to do that. <laughs> I have to go back when I start trying to complete this thing. Way to go. Um, there's one so, more character. Uh, we meet Leslie Kyle here, right? Yes. So Leslie Kyle is uh, Noctis in disguise. Pretty much. Yep. Um, so you go find Noctis and or whatever his name, Leslie Kyle. Um, he basically tells you you're not getting into this place 
Uh, you're not getting to meet with a Don because you're not a girl. Um, the only way you're getting in is if you are a female. And if you're chosen today to be his lucky bride. Right. And this is actually a character that was apparently prominent in a side spinoff no- novella called uh, The Kids Are All Right, A Turk's Side Story or something like that. It's got a really weird name. But it's interesting they're just continuing to bring more like of this canon content from the other compilation entries in here. I wish they talked more about Angeal and Genesis, but whatever. I think that'll uh, come eventually, especially if so. uh, a certain somebody is still alive, as we suspect. <laughs> yeah. So once you do all that and you you leave, um, I'm trying to, it's kind of a hard thing to remember. You can explore um, the town and actually you know, do a few things here and there and, and do some of the shops. There's a side but, quest with Johnny where you yes. follow him around. That was a really fun part. <laughs> Somebody made a joke about him and called him Johnny Bravo. And I about died. I saw a compilation so. on Twitter of every time Johnny says bro. And it's like a three minute clip <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or three minute splicing together. <laughs> the only I'm other, not your bro. Yeah, I'm not your bro. The only other thing that I could think of that we need to talk about um, before you get into the dress is the honeybee in. Yeah. You, you did get to see that, right? Jay, I can't remember if it was required or not. The dance? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. The dance is required, yeah. Oh yeah. But that's not a little bit later because then you have to face off against the trio on various things um, because you have to go to the Coliseum. You went to the Coliseum, didn't you, Jay? You fought yeah. the house? I, th- okay. I think you have to go to the Coliseum, don't you? Yeah, you do. That the Hell House um, is where um, I accidentally loaded my game instead of saving it. Whoops. And I had to do like the entire Coliseum. <laughs> oh, man. That sucks. Uh, so you go through the Coliseum and you are partnered up with Aerith. And this is where everybody's like, you know, because you have to get a sponsor in order to be presented to the Dawn um, as one of the, uh, the one of the brides. So. You have to win win the Coliseum to get the approval of one of those, one of the three, which is Madam M or Sam or Andrea was his name. Is that right? Okay. So you do that. You go through all different levels of this Coliseum fight. I can't remember. Was it three different? I think it was three different levels and then the Hell House. It's hard for me to remember because I did all the Coliseum matches, at least in the Coliseum. So you go through all those and, and then you do a final special encore bonus because the Don wants you to do that, which is the Hell, ha- Hell House. Um, who had, I didn't have any trouble with him, but he was definitely long. Yeah, I think the, just the longevity of the battle is what annoyed me. Like, it, was it was hard to do anything. Yeah, it was interesting though because the Hell House was a random encounter uh, in the OG and they turned him into a full fledged boss. Like they did with a couple other enemies in the game too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, really, I was delighted to see like such, such a, such a crazy enemy. Like even in the OG, that was like a ridiculous monster design <laughs> come to life. I'm going through here. Oh, and we did, uh, we got to fight those goons again. Oh yeah. The, the yeah. three, I can't remember their names, but they were just like annoying, like three stooges thugs. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty funny. Like, Oh no. And Cloud just goes beat the shit out of him again. Yeah. So that was a huge addition, the whole Coliseum section to the OG, but, um, I I didn't mind it. I kind of enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Although it does make a long chapter even longer. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, this chapter, there's a big part 
of that. So once you win that, um, you get to go see Madam M um, and drop Aerith off with, with her while she gets all dolled up. So this is where the opportunity is you you can do side quests on it, which is um, it depends on which one you choose uh, throughout the whole story, like the dialogue. Um, you've got Burning Thighs, Party Never Stops, A Dynamite Body, um, The Price of Thievery, or uh, Shears Counterattack. So you've got The Party Never Stop can be canceled out with uh, the price, the price of thievery, it just depends on what you choose. And that really the annoyed me because it made it to where you can't complete every side quest in one run. Yeah, that's I, that's what bothered me too because I think that's the only one I have left is that side quest. Yeah. Um. So you get to do those while things are going in. Um. We're going on with uh, Aerith and uh, Madam M. You know, a lot of dolls. You know, Real sexification quick. going on. I have a question about Madam M. Apparently, that you can get different types of hand massages from her. And mm-hmm. I don't remember having a choice or anything that affected that or like, yeah, how it's, to um, it's how much money you're willing to spend. Oh, okay. And you can only get I, one, right? Yeah. I, I got the most expensive one and it basically made cloud like climax. <laughs> well, Dang it, I got the, I only got the second one. I do like hand massages. So I think I only yeah, got the second one too. The first one is weird. And then cloud is like, just out of it afterwards. Like you play as Tifa for a little bit and he's just, or not Tifa, you play as Aerith for a little bit and he's just like standing there doing nothing because of how great that the hand massage was. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. He's not the only one with a buster sword, I guess. (laughs) Wow. Uh, giggity. So you go through all that and, um, you have to, once you do, those side quests that uh, you you go against with Johnny, you you can complete the Johnny side quest length of things. Did you get that, Scott? Uh, yeah, I think on your first run through, you you only get to do like the first two. Like you can't. No, I did it all. Oh, you did? Yeah, I got it. I got the first try. Okay. I don't know how I did it. I just did. <laughs> um, so I you got the you can do that. Um, I can't remember the boys not out. I think that's when it was. Um, or the party never stops basically is kind of like the boys night out. So you go through and do a couple of side quests through that. Let me see what that one says. Get so hang out with Johnny with, yeah, Johnny, Sam, you get some things you go. Um, Oh, the hand massage. That's part of it. I think. Yeah. Oh, the party never stops. So that's, that's part of that one. So, um, you go to the den, you speak to drunk father, you know, the dress one, yeah. you know, back in the OG. So you can right. talk to him again. Johnny basically um, guides to, you through the various side quests of the original and this part. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get the assess materia, go back to the materia vendor, give him, go to the restaurant, give the owner the advice, go to the pharmacist, agree to deliver the medicine, uh, find the sick people and give them medicine, return to the pharmacist, collect the VIP card. Uh, the VIP card is of the honeybee Inn. So, um, the drunk father, that was his muse, was a VIP card. And then once you go back to the uh, the drunk father, give him the VIP card and return to the clothes of the shop owner. Uh, return to the clothes shop's owner's son. And that's where, you know. Do you remember that's the, end of that. the part where you go to the inn to get something out of the vending machine? Yeah, I do. Do you, do you remember what it is that you get out of there? Is it just like an energy drink? Yeah, it's the sauce. The sauce. I think is what it was called. <laughs> what it was called there. The sauce is. He was like, "What's the sauce?" Like, you yeah. never heard of it, bro? That's also my question. In the uh, in the original, the materia shop owner asks you to go get something out of the vending machine, 
and he asks the what he asks Aerith to step aside so she can't hear what he needs. And I always assumed since it comes out of a vending machine, it was supposed to be like a condom or something. But <laughs> that or just those penis enlargement things. Yeah. Extends. Yeah. Well, I've never tried that. <laughs> um so yeah, that, I think that's it for the side quest until yeah, the, the end. Yeah, there's not much you do with that. Um so then you once you figure out you're you're done with all the side quests. You go to the Honeybee Inn. Um, you've got you go back to the the uh, I think you go back to the Don's place because Tifa or Tifa's there and Johnny's in love with Tifa, right? So yeah. everybody's everybody knows that. So Johnny finds out that Tifa is there, so he freaks out and takes off running towards there. Um, he gets to the mansion, and realizes he can't do anything, can't get in there by himself because he's a dude, and he just leaves sulking. So that's when Aerith shows up, looking all fine. Or yeah. in Jay's case, just very average. Fireworks go off. Very average. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was really nice. I mean, I thought that, I thought that was really well done. Because the other one, OG model was just, she just steps out of the dressing room and you're like, yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah. Polygons. So, yep. So once you do that, um, you go back and Aerith has a plan. The plan is for you to go inside as well, but you have to dress up as a woman. So you need the help. Uh, Madam M, who has, I think, convinced um, Andrea because he's taking a special interest in you because of the Coliseum fights. Right. And you have to go back to Honey Bee Inn, and this is where you do the dancing. You have to dance off. Yeah. Dance off to save the universe. So what did you guys think about this part? (laughs) I thought it was kind of awkward. Uh, So I, I think it was meant to be a little awkward, but everybody knowing... Like who Cloud is? He's basically just like a uh, a teenage boy in a man's body, right? Um, I don't know. It just it was just full of weird awkwardness. Well, here's the so, thing. Go ahead. I would say I have an experience from somebody who doesn't play RPGs very well. I told you I bought the game for my brother, and I I beat that part, and then I texted him. I was like, "Hey, just so you know, have fun with that," because he's one of those burly men type. You know, oh, yeah. He plays yeah. So he got to it. He's like, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> he actually thought it was kind of cool. Um, so it's, kinda, it's a little difficult if your eyes suck. Yeah, <sighs> like my eyes aren't the greatest whenever it comes to things moving and flashing like crazy. So I, I had to really concentrate in order to see like where these pop up. Yeah, and there's a trophy for doing well enough and i didn't i didn't even think i did that bad and i didn't get the trophy so oh, i did horrible because i kept <laughs> the way that it goes um like again what jay said is if your eyes are terrible like there were several times that little ball would go and all of a sudden the screen would turn and it would turn flat on you and you, you can't see it or an arm would get in the way and you're like what the hell so yeah, yeah. i had i had a little bit of trouble with that uh but i have mixed feelings about the whole thing because on the one hand i do like how it's kind of like a celebration of you know different sexual identities and preferences and kind of like burlesque-ish um Mm -hmm. on the other hand it's incredibly unrealistic for cloud to even be even close to being that good of a dancer Uh, (laughs) um but he's a soldier he had a hard time coordinating high fives with Aerith earlier so (laughs) um so that took a bit like a lot of uh suspension of disbelief but uh, I liked the song, and it was just sort of like a, a really fun segment. And I think it was a really good way to redo that whole part of the OG. Instead of having Cloud, potentially, maybe he was raped by some muscle men. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah. So, so the, that makes me actually, I really am, am going to go back and play the original all the way through because playing this one and then uh, I got sucked into some like wiki articles about Genova. I'm like, oh man, I need to, <laughs> I need to go play this. Yeah. Well, so when have you, you guys do, seen the video? Yeah, when you ahead, do, sorry. make sure you uh, don't actually miss the honeybee in because it's totally optional. Mm-hmm. I don't think I missed it in my very first playthrough because I remember peeking through holes and like weird things happening and then me being really confused. That <laughs> reminds me because they still have that in this time. Um, and instead of the weird scene with uh, President Shinro, they've replaced him with Palmer, I believe. Did you guys see that? That makes no. sense. <laughs> I didn't see that one. Yeah, it's like you can see Palmer running around doing some crazy shit with, I think, I think Kate Seth is still there. But um, it's just a really like interesting thing you can do. And Real quick, we move on. Yeah. Did you guys see the videos of people doing with those with Clouds Dance Off and replacing with other music? Um, I saw one with Thriller and Panky Disco <laughs> stuff. Uh, link me those. Okay, I'll <laughs> I want to see them to you. And okay. that was really funny. I saw them on Twitter. Um, so you do the audition and everything. Once you get your dress and you're all dressed up by Andrea because of all that, um, you go back to. Um, the the Don's place, um, the dialogue between Aerith and uh, Cloud during the whole time. <laughs> I, I, have no, I, I have no idea where that sounds coming from. I don't think it's my phone. It's oh, like that's some awesome! Kind of device in here. <laughs> it's Corey. He's doing it. Um, so the conversation between Aerith and Cloud the whole time. Aerith's like, "You're so pretty." Cloud's like, "Shut up." <laughs> Just yeah, don't I talk. I thought that was really funny. He, you have to like talk to him twice in order to activate the scene. He's just like, don't say it. And you have to talk to him again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're really pretty. He's like, whatever. Uh, I did okay, like the so, parts where it shows Aerith cheering in the crowd during the dance. <laughs> that was cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once you're, you're going to the Don's place and you're there and they pick, I, I still understand it. How the guys didn't realize it was cloud in the dress. I'm like, Hey, you're a dude. Um, I'm, I'm pretty I am pretty confident Leslie did know. Yeah. I am so sure that Leslie knew because he you can just tell by the way he's like ah, what okay. And as we learn later, you know, Leslie wants the dawn to fall just as much as everybody else does. Yeah. So so that's the only reason why but the other two were just like, "Oh my god, she's so hot." <laughs> Scotch like, and clutch. Yes. I like Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> So this is where the, the scene activates um, the same as the OG version is you get all the girls lined up um, there. Um, I think this is where they get knocked out. They get put in a room and knockout gases happen. Right. I think this is where kind of some weird things happen. And then they all meet in this, the dungeonish place, just like it was in the original. And, uh, Cloud is woken up by Tifa. Tifa's like, are you okay? Just being all nice and, and stuff to this person, random stranger. And all of a sudden it's like, it's me. I'm, I'm in a dress. I'm here to rescue <laughs> you. So they're all woken up and they all get taken to the Don. Uh, the Don does the same thing he does in um, the OG version where he goes and picks the girls. Who did he pick for you guys? I was wondering, did he picked Cloud for me? I'm thinking maybe there is no other thing that can happen this time. Okay. I, I couldn't remember if that's that's the case for this one or not, because in the old OG version, it just depends on what dress you're wearing and stuff right. is who gets picked. So maybe this one, they just did it. Now, I really did like the dialogue because once um, everybody gets back into, um, I wouldn't say like they escape from the other dudes that were going to be all, you know, rapey. 
yeah. with the other two girls. Um, I do like Aerith smacking him with a chair. The single best scene in the entire game is uh, Aerith just smacking him with the, the middle chair. <laughs> yeah. I laughed out loud when that happened. Yeah. So then that's I'm when I start calling her uh, Cherith. Cherith. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the memes and stuff that people put out regarding that is is pretty funny now with uh, Aerith in the chair. But once you all figured that everybody's been defeated and everything, um, Leslie shows up with a bag, brings your clothes back. And that's when you realize Leslie is on your side, but he takes off. So yeah. you meet back up with Cloud, um, who has been talking with uh, the Don and is doing his weird, creepy dance with his wiener. Um, so then they all show up. Now, the dialogue where they say they're going to smash it, rip it off, cut it off is still there from the I OG. was so glad that that was still there. Yeah. <laughs> and I did like the fear in his eyes. But I do miss the fact that you could uh, they took out the part where you could potentially almost have Cloud kiss the dawn. And then that's when Tifa and Aerith run in. Cloud, oh what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in character. Leave me alone. Um, so you then get the mission uh, of the Turks. But what was said in the previous chapter where um, they were told they had to leave because they know the mission. So the dawn explains what's happening. They, he explains that Shenra is going to drop the plate on sector seven and smash out avalanche. Um, so they all freak out and they all realize that we need to get back to it. And then before that happens, the Don does his famous sneak attack where he just drops everybody in the sewer. And yep. that is the end of chapter nine. Real quick. Uh, you know, the, the sex dungeon room in the OG that still exists. It has like the table and everything. And you could even see Koch strapped there um, at one point, if you go back there later, but when I was a kid, I was too young to understand that, like, what that table was for and what was going on down there. And then replaying as an adult, the first time I realized that, I was like, "Holy shit, that's kind of <laughs> kind of dark, even for this game." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad it's still there. A little, little dirty. So overall, so we move on to chapter nine. Yeah, or I think 10. The, the wall market chapter was fantastic. It's a little side questy, but it's so like really interesting. So they did a, a great job with it. All right, so um, in chapter 10, this is basically, it covers, it's one of those chapters that turns uh, two screens into a multi-hour affair. Um, basically, Cloud and Aerith and Tifa are dropped into the sewers. They wake up, and apparently, just like in the original, who you wake up first affects the affection mechanic between the two girls in this game. Um, I didn't know about this until later, but there is one scene later in the game where it could be cloud talking to either Tifa, Aerith or Barrett. And it's affected. Yeah, I talked to Barrett, you know, how the, <laughs> Oh, <wow>. that's crappy. <laughs> I think the only way to get Barrett is to not do any side quests in the chapter three and then chapter five. Or well, six, I talked whatever. to Barrett. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. How was that scene? I know it, it was, was a good scene. Ahead, but. It was a good scene, but I'm a little disappointed. Maybe you'll go on the gold saucer date with Barrett later. <laughs> that's probably what will happen <laughs> yeah i'm down with it um but yeah so you wake tifa and Aerith up and that's when you get attacked just like the original by the boss um abzu formerly known as apps in the og um and it's a pretty cool boss fight it's he like sort of like jumps all around the place sticks to walls and shoots out his little minions at you um what did you guys think about that boss it was good i had fun it was, it was a bad. I mean, I didn't have any trouble with them at all. Yeah, I don't remember really having trouble either. The tsunami thing was really cool um, with the water flowing out of the pipes and everything. 
Um, but when you beat him, unlike the original, he sort of gets away. He like retreats. So I told Corey when that happened, well, we're going to see him again later. Um, so then you go through the sewers. Basically, it's like Tifa and Aerith getting to know each other and um, Tifa worrying about whether or not what the Dawn said about the plan to destroy the plate is true or not. And Aerith sort of comforting her. And right away, we sort of get to see a really cool friendship between Tifa and Aerith develop. And I really am glad that they sort of kept that in and then expanded on that in this remake. Because um, I think Tifa and Aerith are typically like sort of painted as rivals just by the, the fans. But really, they're like besties by the end of this part one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really like that dynamic. Really, I don't think anything else happens in the sewers unless I'm forgetting something. I'm sure the no, whispers come in there head. at some point and fuck you up. So that you actually just reminded me of something and I, it's kind of jumping ahead to like way towards the end. Mm-hmm. But in the original one, aren't they all captured with Red 13 and thrown into a Shinra like jail? Yes. That that doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, does it, it? kind of does. I think uh, there's some form is of it. They throw them all into the same room instead of different cells. Um, but don't they? Oh, it's it's with Aerith. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's Aerith's bedroom. Yeah, I think that's what this was. That was supposed I don't know, to represent. I don't think that was them getting captured. That was them grabbing Cloud and running. We can talk about that later. But yeah. I I just felt like I was missing a lot of dialogue, mm-hmm. but like in that section yeah but, we'll talk about that yeah um you guys don't remember anything else that happens in the sewer chapter of significance right nope all right so they escape the sewers um on to chapter 11 haunted which basically covers the train graveyard which is probably like the one dungeon area outside of the shinra building from the original that i can understand like sort of giving it its own dedicated chapter because I remember when I was a kid, I got stuck there for like a week or more. I couldn't figure out how to get past it. And I think I ended up having to buy the, uh, the strategy guide. Um, so I don't think there's anything that tricky, uh, here. And honestly, this is, it is very expanded because they sort of like expanded on the ghost enemies from the original who were just random encounters before, but now they're like, haunting you and they seem to have like some kind of dynamic to where they used to be like innocent people and meanwhile the uh the whispers are kind of fucking with you the whole chapter you see a few flashbacks um i think tifa has a flashback of her comforting marlene who was sad about barrett never being home um and then we also get a flashback of Aerith as a little girl um i can't remember what exactly happened during that flashback wasn't it like her not been being able to be friends with other kids or something. I think so. Yeah. Um, so the, you eventually fight like a giant ghost daddy, um, who I had a really hard time with. I mentioned this in another episode <laughs> that I found the ghosts really hard to deal with just in general. <laughs> of course, I didn't know about the fact that you can heal them as rich t- taught me. So it'll be interesting yes. trying that this time when I get to that chapter in hard mode. Um, did you guys know? Oh, um, no, continue. I'll bring this up when you talk about the boss. Okay. The boss ghosty. Um, so all this time, the whispers are also like sort of tormenting you. And to be honest, I think we mentioned this before as well, but I don't really, I didn't totally understand like what was going on with all the flashbacks and what the point of the, the ghosts were and all that. 
So I'm sure there's some kind of analysis out there of what each scene means, but to this day, I remain confused. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. Um, so eventually you make your way towards the end of the train graveyard. The boss this time is uh, Elagor. It's like this demon chariot thing. Um, it was a random enemy in the original. So once again, promoted to boss. Um, I remember this guy specifically because uh, you could steal a new staff for Aerith from him, which yeah, is still I was gonna yeah, which that's is, what I was gonna bring up. <laughs> it's still true this time, so that was a cool callback. Wait, what? Yeah, um, you could use the steel material to take to steal one of uh, Aerith's weapons, unique weapons from him. It's the only place to get it. I so. did not know that. <laughs> okay, okay, I have to make a note of that. And just like the original, the steel is still annoying as fuck to, because you have to do it like 12 times before you're successful, <laughs> unless you're lucky. But it was a still a lot for me. Um, anyway, you defeat the Elagor. Did you guys like this boss? Yeah, well, it was not good. bad. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty nice. I like the parts where he's like flying around. It was like really tricky because you had to like decide whether you wanted to target the wheels or target the main body or whatever. Um. But I didn't really have any huge problems with it. I took out the wheels. Nice. That was my strategy. <laughs> Knock them down. And then, like, I started figuring out really good, and this will go in the mechanics conversation we have um, later on, but, like, timing out your limit break is phenomenal. Oh, my God. You know how many times I used my limit break and then a cutscene happened? Uh, that happened to me many times. And it continues to happen to me in hard mode. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you... It's almost like the phases of the boss are timed out to where it happens right when you don't mm-hmm. want it to, or like to prevent you from using your huge moves too early or something. So really you had to time it out just right. So yeah. like I had to teach my brother that when he was playing, I'm like, okay, when you knock him down and stagger him, just immediately use your limit break just to do that, to knock out a big chunk of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, I, I thought that was a pretty good deal for it. But yeah, the, that happened to me several times too, trying to get that or you miss completely. It feels whenever it happens, it almost feels like a smack in the face because I'm just like, oh, my God, really? (laughs) Um, I wish they had come up with some kind of way to keep the boss rolling without penalizing you, if that makes sense. But that's more gameplay. Um, Yes, that's all that happened, isn't it? Uh, I don't remember anything else from the graveyard. They uh, at one point they you can see from far off that the fighting at the plate has indeed commenced so it's real Tifa's really despondent about that uh, you get one scene I just remembered where it's Reno and Rude flying towards the pillar in the helicopter and Reno's like kind of pissy because he doesn't want to do this job he doesn't think it's right um, but that's about it you eventually make it out of the graveyard and that's the end of chapter 11 yep so right at the beginning of chapter 12, uh, you find your way to the uh, the pillar. And I think right at the beginning, we get the scene where Wedge is falling off uh, like we do in the original. But instead, this time around, he uses the grappling hook to slow himself down. Very um, nice so touch. he ends up, yeah, he ends up pretty much being totally fine um, after he falls. He's still like uh, kind of fucked up, but he can like. Walk I think he, and stuff. does. He complain about his butt again in this. Probably, I think area? so. Yeah, there's also a um, big a boss fight with the whispers before you get to the pillar, uh, right as you enter the slums. But they just oh yeah, do, you're right. They just do you more whispery bullshit that doesn't. Yeah, really they're trying out. to delay you from getting there sooner. Right. Yep. Um. So after you fight the whispers and you get to the uh the base of the pillar, um, 
Cloud and uh, I'm wanting to say Cloud and Tifa go to the pillar, or um, and then Aerith parts ways to go and save Marlene. I think that's what happens because Tifa yes. asks um, Tifa asks Aerith to go save Marlene, but strangely, like in mid sentence uh, with Tifa. Um, she's like, can you go? And then Aerith kind of finishes her sentence and says, save Marlene. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and Tifa looks very obviously like thrown off by the fact that she had her, uh, sentence finished. Uh, and this is either like foreshadowing, uh, for some unrevealed stuff in the next game, or it speaks to, uh, kind of some of the events that transpired in the previous chapter that we don't quite understand yet. At first, I thought that um, Aerith knew about Marlene because one of those weird flashes in the train graveyard, because there, uh, there is a scene where I think Aerith sees Marlene there, yeah. which I still don't really understand. But uh, now I'm more on board with UJ that I think it's some kind of fuckery with Aerith knowing things she shouldn't in the time. Yeah, because also, so you play as Aerith, I'm not going to do go dive too much in here because it's kind of a little slow moving because Aerith is walking like pretty much the whole time. Um, but you play as Aerith and you go through and you have to, your goal is to go to seventh heaven to save Marlene, but crap keeps happening. A helicopter crashes right next to it. Um, and you have to go like around and then you, using Aerith, you save one random little girl and then you go back and, uh, find Marlene and, um, Marlene is obviously very scared. Yeah. Uh, but she starts, Aerith starts talking about Barrett um, and, you know, to Marlene. And I don't think anybody has ever really talked to Aerith about Barrett yet. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember any scenes where they were talking about Barrett and the fact that Barrett was Marlene's dad. It seems hard to believe that they wouldn't have brought up Barrett at all, but I I'm, can't, be, can't be sure about that. Yeah, um, and I especially don't think they've talked about the fact that Barrett and Marlene are like, like that. That's how she should have talked to Marlene. Right. Um, you also see in this part like Marl and Wedge trying to evacuate the slums. I thought yep. that was this whole like little addition. I know that it sticks to the original, but and the fact that it, we know that Aerith went and got Marlene, but I really liked seeing like how that all played out firsthand. I thought this was a really cool part of the chapter. Yeah, and I think it's also important to point out that at first the Shinra guard soldiers were like, nope, nobody can leave. Sorry, not yeah. going to happen. We're totally cool with sacrificing everybody. And then Wedge kind of has to like man up and starts yelling at them. And then one of the soldiers just is like, okay, I can't do this, breaks down and, and lets people go through. And he's like, this is just not something I can obey. Which is uh, cool because uh, those two guards are in the OG as well. Um, and they had that same like dynamic between each other, like one's a newbie and one's like a hard ass. Uh, so yeah. it was cool seeing them elaborated on just a little bit more and the, the newbie, uh, doing the right thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought it was really cool. The people on the ground, try, uh, wedge, um, Aerith trying to corral everybody and get them to safety. I think we also see, uh, scenes from, uh, like those bonus characters that we got introduced into this new one. Um, yeah, I, yeah, like the the old woman that I can't remember her name. Marl? I think we saw her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just literally just said her. <laughs> um, and then um, you know some of the other uh, not quite important but still new named characters trying to help out. Mm-hmm. And I really loved um, the scene between Aerith and Marlene as well. Like it, you get more screen time with Marlene. And it was like really sweet, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah. all in all, it was very good. Uh, but in par- basically in parallel to that happening, Cloud uh, is going up the the tower, and I think it's I don't think Tifa is quite with him. Uh, Tifa th- stays behind at first, and then catches up with him later. Yeah, which is a slight so Cloud's, difference. But Cloud's making his way up the pillar, and there's lots of fighting. And uh, at first, I think uh, starting out, we see a scene uh, with. I don't remember in what order these scenes happen, so uh, forgive me. But I know at one point we see a scene of Biggs fighting a bunch of soldiers. Um, at another point, we see a scene of Jesse fighting soldiers and then also uh, like a helicopter. And she uses her magic awesome explosiveness. She chucks uh, a grenade to, into a helicopter. <laughs> that yeah. was awesome. Crowning moment um, badass. But while that happens, we see um, whispers floating around her. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be implied that the whispers are what caused the rocks to drop uh, because they were concerned that everybody was going to mm-hmm. make it out of there. Right. So eventually Cloud makes his way up there and he sees Jesse smashed under the uh, the rubble, saves her, and there's some um, kind of sad, flirty conversations in here. I really, uh, this was heartbreaking they, because uh, yeah. Antifa's there at that point and she's like starts full crying. Yeah, um, and talking about how they'll they won't get to taste her pizza and yeah and then the biggs's quote death scene um is with cloud only and i really liked that scene too um cloud even like holds biggs's hand like that was really awesome yeah this whole that whole like little section that was a little (laughs) watery yeah it's it's high emotional um and i don't know i just felt it was definitely better executed than the than the original one. There's a lot more emotion behind it. Yeah, it's just like a uh, few lines as you climb the the, te- the pillar. I mean, they're sad lines, but it's like you just say a few things to them and then move on, leave them there. Yeah, it was just hard watching you die, Scott. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that's one thing we need to talk about later. Is I'm not sure how I feel about you know, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Big still being alive because um, it sort of undermines that part, but. And the fact that why is Jesse's glove on the desk next to him? Is that like something that they decided to grab and find or did she make it too? And she like took off her glove to do something with Biggs. I didn't notice that the first time, but I need to rewatch it and see. But yeah, we'll get there. Point is, these death scenes are pretty great at the time anyway. Yep. So eventually they make their way to the top uh, and there's kind of like a battle. Uh, So you're you're, at this point, you have... uh, met back up with Barrett. Um, and do, do you play as Barrett at all through this part of the game? I can't remember. I, I don't think don't so. think so. Okay. So anyway, you make it to the top where, um, where Reno is like, um, have they started? I don't, I don't think they've started quite, um, messing with the machines yet, but basically Reno and, um, rude are, trying to trigger the big nice computer at the top to cause the the plate to fall uh so there's some battle scenes uh and i think they get to the point to where it's like okay i need to press the button and then our heroes show up and start fighting them um and the og it was just reno but they added rude to this part too which was appreciated for me i thought that was cool so you start off just finding fighting Reno and then at that, and then rude kind of jumps in with the helicopter and then eventually you take down the helicopter. And, um, I think it's funny because you, <laughs> you like, um, you see rude sunglasses, uh, and Reno's like, Oh man, thinking that he's dead. And then he appears out of the fire and pulls out another pair of sunglasses and puts them on. <laughs> he always has a spare. Thought, 
Yeah, I thought he does that the was same hilarious. Thing in uh, Advent Children, at one point. <laughs> yeah, and then you have to fight them both, and it's a pretty cool boss fight. Yeah, it is. It is very, and it's very fluid too. It, uh, this game always surprises me with how fluid these boss fights are, mm-hmm. um, especially because I, I am so confident that if Cloud did not have like um, plot protection on him yeah. every single one of these boss fights would destroy him right because all in all like he's just getting wrecked all the time especially since he's not really a soldier right um so the fight happens and after you you win the fight it's very obvious that it seems like cloud and team have won this and then the whispers come and and, and stop cloud and the team uh, from finishing the job and it gives rude time to jump up and go and press the button and start the plate fall. Um, I think hi. I mentioned this last week or something before, but it really bothers me even before this remake that they've sort of made like Reno and rude, these really likable like comedy relief characters. And then you think back and I was like, well, they were responsible for the death deaths of thousands. So yeah. And yeah, it does kind of suck because I don't care if you really want about it. (laughs) You want to like them. But then how the the fact that they were so persistent about (laughs) dropping that plate, it's like, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, I think there's actually there's a really good scene towards the end of the game with uh, Sang or Sung Sung Sang. Um, I think it's song, but I've heard it said different ways, so I'm not totally positive. There's a really good scene there talking about their guilt and songs just like. You don't think of it as uh, as us returning, like we take from the planet, think of it as us returning something to the planet. And I was like, that's so brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the fight, the the plate starts to drop and Reno and Rude get away. I th- uh, Do they jump on another helicopter? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how they get away. Uh, but then Cloud and team are like, oh, crap, we got to get out of here. Um, and they just use the grappling hooks, right? Just no, they get it's like a, a cable system. Oh, okay. They yeah, do the yeah, same thing right. they did. Yeah, yeah, cable system, and it takes them uh, basically all the way to um, sector five. Uh, I think it's, it's the park uh, on the edge of sector be- six. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The park uh, on the edge of sector six with the uh, the thing that uh, Cloud and Aerith sat mm-hmm. on top. There's also a scene uh, we little glossed over after Aerith gets uh, Marlene. She gets intercepted by Song and some infantrymen. Yes, um, of course. How could I forget that? And so she um, bargains. Uh, she she decides she'll go with them if they'll take Marlene to safety. Basically, I think that I think they actually see her at the top. Uh, don't they see her on the screen at the top before? Yeah. Um, yeah, they see that she was. The team sees that she was captured, and that's where. Um, but she basically implies that Marlene's okay. She doesn't straight up say it. She implies yeah, it. Right. Um, which kind of gives Cloud the hint at where Marlene is. Um, so because you learn later that Elmira knows that Aerith traded herself for Marlene, I s- always assumed in the OG that Aerith must have made it all the way back to her house before Shinra caught up to her. Or they but, took her. So, they took her. Yeah. I, so... Uh, Aerith makes a deal with saying whenever she caught him, she she basically straight up says uh, whenever he finds her, she, she says, let's make a deal. Doesn't she? Like she yeah, straight yeah. up says that. Uh, so I think they just used a helicopter and dropped Marlene off. And then she went it's with saying that was her willingness to go, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also in the OG, uh, when you see that Song has captured Aerith, um, he's like on a helicopter 
floating by the pillar, um, talking to them and he like smacks the piss out of her. <laughs> so, um, I'm kind of glad they took that out cause it doesn't really make sense necessarily with the motivations and characterization they've made of song since. Yeah. <laughs> Just an interesting change. But yeah, that's, that's the end. After you get towards the, you see the plate crash, they, you know, zip line their way down to the sector six park on the outskirts of, uh, of wall market. And then we move on, move on to chapter 13, a broken I just world. I want to say that the, the whole pillar chapter is my favorite part of the game. I think that whole part was excellent. Just everything was high stakes and high emotions and the gameplay was fun. I love how it changes the, uh, like the landscape, afterwards like when you look up to the sky you no longer see that plate anymore oh yeah in the following chapters i I thought that was just cool i I just kept looking up there those whole chapters like ooh, that's eerie almost (laughs) so we can move on to the next chapter um this is a whole new uh part of the og story so um after the plate dropped and everything yeah so once the plate dropped uh there's a big dialogue between tifa and barrett and uh cloud cloud starting to come into his emotional side of of seeing things the destruction that chinra has done so they then make their way around um and end up finding the survivors of the sector because uh everybody got them out and they were looking for for Biggs and Wedge and Jesse and uh, trying to figure out what happened. And um, they know that Wiggs or Wiggs, Wiggs. Wedge made <laughs> just merge them all together. That Wedge uh, did make it out, but he got to his house. So they were able to go back into Sector 7, which was something that didn't happen in the OG version. Um, we went back in and was trying to find Wedge, but also for other survivors. And you see the destruction of what happened. I thought this part was a little weird because sector all things considered the sector seven slums seemed like they were pretty okay when you consider what supposedly happened to them yeah i thought it was just a big old plate just dropped (laughs) yeah and they're just like crushed to nothing but it's like yeah the buildings are kind of in ruin but it seems fine for the most part yeah i'm pretty sure most of the people are still dead though yeah yeah i think think there's just some refugees i'm pretty sure the majority of the people are dead if there's a bunch of chatter as you're walking through where it's like oh where's mom where's mom where's you know or like Mm -hmm. um you know just like i should have been there with him oh we also skipped over the whole before you go back to the sector seven slums you go to elmira's house and sort of learn all about aerospace there and all that Um, yeah that's right you did that first I think so. That's after, I, I think thought. I think you head directly back there, and you actually get a Sephiroth scene. Before yeah. Oh, you head that's, back right. There. that's right. That's right, because it just talked that I couldn't remember that one top of my head. So good old Sephi being a creeper. So yeah, I, I think he shows up. I he shows up like as you start walking back, and I think and he basically just torments Cloud again, uh, and something he basically His the thing pastime. that. Yeah, the thing that really interests me about this conversation, and then is that he goes, "Cloud, you failed again." Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you, and it, I can't tell if he's just saying, oh, you failed in Nibelheim and you failed here. Or if he's saying like, I know that this happened before and, uh, and you failed again, like you weren't able to save these people again. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think Sephiroth is playing like 5d chess here. Yeah. Isn't there also a little bit here where like Tifa is really upset about what happened and she like sort of buries her face in Barrett's chest crying. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was the emotional thing that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. They, you know, what's happened. So they, they make their way. So you're right. They make their way back to Elmira's house. And, uh, that is where, um, they find Marlene and stuff um, with them and the, the backstory between Aerith and where she's from and the ancients and why she's invaluable to them. You actually see a scene of Aerith's mom. That's like really good. Yeah. yeah. Not just dying on a train. It found the, yeah. Um, so. I really liked this bit. Um, it's more or less unchanged from the OG, but it was also one of my favorite scenes from the Midgar section of the original, just mm-hmm. seeing how Elmira got Aerith and how all that came to pass and, all the yeah. ancient stuff. I was kind of worried because that was one of my favorite scenes from the OG, but they did it total justice. Like they even made a younger character model for Elmira and all that. <laughs> well, so they also, they did change something from the OG to this one here is where the OG one is Mar- uh, Marlene wakes is there and is all happy to see, you know, Barrett and everything. But in this one here, she's asleep. They don't wake her up and everything. So yeah. after the whole conversation's done um, with, finding out who Aerith is and her backstory, you leave and go back to sector seven to look for, for wedge and, and survivors um, to go through all that. This is where that's the big change from the original to this one mm-hmm. is you actually go back and do that survival search. Um, Isn't it one of wedges cats? Like it tries to lead them somewhere and that's yeah. how they start to wonder if they, they go back to still alive. They go back to what had happened uh, where wedge would have been at and they find this big hole, the big crater. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed it. I don't know, Jay, you might not have seen it because you didn't do some of the side quests, but um, there was talks about an underground lab under sector seven where these monsters were coming from and like rabid creatures and things like that were happening. Well, you get to go down there and that's that lab. Well, that's the, that, I think I did that one. I think I did a couple of the um, sector seven side quests that mentioned that. Okay. So, this is not mentioned, but I think a lot of people are speculating that this is the deep, deep seven or like whatever it is in uh, dirge part of deep ground, deep ground. That's why I couldn't remember the name of it. So deep ground. That's I think their the place. Ultimania, Ultimania has confirmed that. Okay. Although I find it a little so, odd because it doesn't really uh, look like the deep ground from dirge. And on top of that, um, you don't see. That doesn't like, matter, Scott. <laughs> yeah, none of it matters. Well, you don't Continuity even doesn't matter. Here. You don't even see any of like the deep ground soldiers or anything. Instead, you get well, those weird unknown entities. Yeah, maybe they just took off. So you find Wedge and stuff. He's knocked unconscious somehow. Got dragged from point A to point B, whatever. Um, so uh, he's there, and and you get you see them, and all of a sudden, doesn't the plate structure from where all you're standing on collapses? Something like if that. If I remember correctly. Can we just marvel at Barrett's up. strength for a second? That he just tosses Wedge onto his shoulder like he's like a n- nothing. Yeah. Well, he's huge. He's the size <laughs> I, I know, of a bear. Still. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. Wedge is a, a chunky boy. So. Yeah, he's, he's not he's not little. He's 300 pounds. He just picked up with one arm and yeah. hoisted yeah. over his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> so we get through all that, um, and then you get separated. This is where you get to control Barrett a little bit more and use some of his mechanics and, and destroy some of the the stuff you hear monsters running around and then all of a sudden you're on the you meet up with tifa who's being hounded by creatures and he steps in and takes care of that um they join forces and they make it up to where wedge was supposed to be at uh get him out of the room when those mysterious creatures show up and they fight they do everything tifa's trying to get out of there um and then at the very last second cloud shows up and saves the day yay yay and the boss here is uh 
the the type zero behemoth, right? Yeah, it's a no, no, no. Wait, not that's that a one. side quest boss, isn't it? That, that's a side quest. Yeah. So that's just a, one of the bigger creatures that are that the humanoid people. Is there a boss here? Just the yeah, unknown. there is. Yeah, it's, it's the, the unknown it's big the, guy. Yeah. The, what's uh, funny? What's funny? What happens uh, after that is they like accidentally bust a hole in the wall, and then Barrett shoots at it, and they expose it, and then Cloud starts looking at into it. And starts getting triggered from his time uh, spent in Hojo's lab, mm-hmm. and that's where the whispers oh, pop in and, and and take him back to. Yeah, because that wasn't supposed to happen yet. Because he wasn't supposed to see that stuff until later. Um, basically, not triggering all those those flashbacks. So they get him so out of there, are, and they all wake up at the top. Are we just assuming that Wedge got sucked up with them? Where yeah, he did. did. Wh- oh, he was so there. Wh- where did? So what happened to Wedge after they all fell? He was still laying there. What do you what do you mean? When I mean I mean like after they all fall and get separated, you play as Barrett. Did Barrett just leave Wedge wherever or was no, he, he wasn't just there. in the same spot? No, I thought or... they got Wedge out because they take them back to Amara's house. I, I I'm pretty sure that happens after because after the whispers take them all out, you just see Wedge lying there. Oh, I see what you yeah. mean. Yeah. I think he was there still and the whispers took them all out. Like everybody was knocked out and they just took them there. So that's, that's really the, what happens at the end of that, uh, of that chapter. It's kind of a, a weird chapter. I think it's all just yeah. forced plot devices. Like how did wedge get down there? How did, you know, why did the whispers bother pulling him and taking him out of there? Was it so that the cloud wouldn't go back down there to, yeah. To save yeah. them because they don't want to have a connection between Dur- Dirge. I think that's this is the groundwork for the Dirge stuff. Were you Maybe. guys happy that um, at the time when you were playing it, were you happy that Wedge survived or were you more annoyed that it's they were doing such a major story change? I was happy. So I am a very emotional person. I love all of these characters and I want them all to live. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I was a little annoyed, but just the fact that they made wedge so likable early on in the story i was like okay i'm cool with this <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's that's the end of the chapter uh chapter 13 of broken world so we move on to in search of hope which is chapter 14 those real quick those unknown entity monsters you fight down there do you guys think that they're supposed to mean anything or be something or probably they're failed they're, they're failed um experiments from Genova cells is what I gathered. Okay. If you like scan them, I didn't probably like, um, soldiers. Stuff yeah. Like yeah. That. I didn't People know if they who were trying able to, to take, relate those back to deep ground or anything else like that. But, uh, that makes sense. All right. So chapter 14 in search of hope, this is basically the final side quest chapter. There's a bunch of, uh, side quests you can do and sort of some callbacks from the, uh, sector five slums, um, chapter side quests from earlier. Like you can resolve the, Angel of the Slums thing and do a couple more things for Leaf House, I think. Um, the chapter opens with you getting Wedge back to Elmira's house. She agrees to take care of him and all that. Um, there is This is where the affection-based scene is, I think. Um, that night, you either get a scene with Tifa, Aerith, or Barrett, which is weird because Aerith isn't with you at this point, but I, sure, I assume she it's uses a, her magic lady a, powers. It's a, she uses the live stream. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure. <laughs> the, uh, so I got the scene with Barrett and it's pretty much just, uh, Barrett being like, like coming to terms with the fact that all of this happened. And it, it's a little bit of a, like an emotional scene. Cause he's struggling like with all of that. And then at the end he kind of, 
Uh, he talks with Cloud a little bit about it, and he's like, "You know what? No, this is Shinra's fault. Mm-hmm. Like, we, I need to, uh, I need to stay strong." And he has like a scene where he goes from like being emotional to where he like slides his glasses back on and then just snaps right back yeah. into the the Barrett character. <laughs> um, yeah, the sunglasses is definitely when he's going full Barrett mode. But um, the, I do think by this point in the story, Cloud and Barrett are like closer to friends than associates i guess and yeah it's cool seeing their friendship develop um i got have you s- see did you watch the scene at all like youtube not. it or are you gonna try to get it um i'm going to try i'm gonna try to get the Aerith version this time because i got the tifa version the first time that's what i got too um basically there's a an emotional scene out in the garden where um tifa's like just sort of lamenting over what happened she says you know the bar, the slums, our home. Shinra took everything away from us again, you know, referencing Nibelheim. Um, and Cloud sort of like pulls her into a hug to comfort her, which is really sweet to see. Um, and I think, I haven't seen it myself, but apparently the Aerith version is her showing. I've seen it. She tells Cloud not to fall in love with him. Or, or yeah, her so or the, the whole thing is basically like her trying to like separate like distance herself emotionally from cloud a little bit the whole time she's saying like uh she basically says like thank you for like all the the memories that we have together and thank you for all of this um and he gets a little emotional and then she's like basically just says like no matter what you do like you can't fall in love in love with me this isn't real so um, that goes more towards what you more of the timeline fuckery i think yeah. um i don't know if that's supposed to be Air, this Aerith knowing things she shouldn't or if it should be like sort of what we have have learned kind of what Sephiroth was doing and that we're dealing with multiple versions of Sephiroth throughout the game yeah so my my current theory is that somehow this Aerith just knows more uh, like she like because of her how close she is with the light the live stream she's just able to know more um like may, or maybe it's like uh like the future Aerith that is a part of the live stream somehow was able to make its way back to this timeline and kind of merged with her. That's what I would go with. As opposed to having two versions of Aerith, we just have one version of Aerith that has parts of the consciousness of like the future one. Yeah. (laughs) But but basically um, there are two implications here. The first one is that she knows that she's going to die. So she's like, don't, don't fall for me cloud. Mm-hmm. And the second one is that she says, this isn't real. Like it isn't real. So that's, I think, I feel like that implies that she knows of like the, the issues and cloud's identity with Zach. Um, well, even in their original on the, the gold saucer date with her, she basically almost outright says that she knows that that's, he's not the real cloud basically that there's, and mm-hmm. she knows cause she knew Zach that he's fucked up and something happened with him. Yeah. Um, she says, I want to get to know the real you. Um, so it's interesting. We'll find out more about that. Uh, I hope it isn't that this version of Aerith knows everything that's going to happen. Cause I think that sort of takes away a little bit from her character development. And I think she knows of everything that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I, can't oh, I mean, really... her story, her story ends like, yeah, like 10 minutes after they leave Midgar. So, <laughs> Dude, you go to like every single location <laughs> before she dies, pretty much. Um, but yeah, the I don't think there's anything super interesting here with the side quests. Um, basically, we can continue on to the end of the chapter. Um, you meet up with 
Leslie Kyle at the Dawn's place because he is the only one. They've decided they want to go to the Shinra building to save Aerith, and he's the only one that knows how to get up there now because Shinra has basically shut down all travel. Well, the Dawn knows. That's why. Right. Okay. Um, but the Dawn's not there anymore. He's already been like kidnapped or whatever. No, yeah, that's what they think. Yeah. But he's he's down somewhere. They weren't they weren't expecting to find Leslie. They were just trying to find Don. Right. And so Leslie basically tells them that in exchange for their help, he will get them what they need to ascend to the upper plate. Um so you follow him into the sewers. He's sort of like a special guest character during this part, although he doesn't fight at all or anything. Um you basically end up finding that what he needed help with was getting back. What was it? His engagement engagement ring or necklace or something? Well, I think it was a ring around a necklace. Right. Um, which has been stolen by the Abzu Schultz, Um Because apparently he was in his fiance back in the day was chosen to be one of the Dawn's brides. And he chose her and then she was never seen or heard from again. So this, the whole reason he's been like working to, you know, sabotage the dawn is to take revenge for that. And once the characters learn about all that, they're like sort of sympathetic. And I can't remember who it is. Maybe Barrett even gives him a pep talk that he's like got to move on, or she might yeah. still somewhere be out there or something. Um, so this is cool. There's a lot of development for a character that's brand well, not brand new, but new to us. Um, I I really liked Leslie in this part. I was. I think we're definitely going to get more with him later just because they spent some time developing him here. Um, so and I think, I think we glossed over like the scene uh, where we have that one lady who's like, uh, like here's the news avalanche is what, who dropped the plate. Oh, right. This Everybody is where listen where you're introduced to Scarlet, isn't it? Yeah. It's uh, the yeah. Uh, niece of the um, bandit or, or the, the angel of the slums. <laughs> and and she like tells everybody that it's pretty much just avalanche and then she's like okay i told you the news now give me money and scarlet like kicks down the reporter or something or some dude because she gets frustrated with him on live I, tv i think we're talking about separate scenes oh okay. yes i'm talking about the the just the girl who was um apparently the the short that kyle is or uh, uh yeah Kyrie. Curie or whatever. Curie, yeah. When they yeah. say her name for the first time, I'm like, what the fuck? That's how you you pronounce that? <laughs> it's spelled the same as Kyrie from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. But yeah. Curie. It's okay. the same person. She is also apparently a character that was introduced in that Turks kids are all right thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, she was like just spreading uh, propaganda about uh, Avalanche being terrible. She's kind of awful. Like if you do that side quest involving her, she's just really annoying. <laughs> and the angel of the slums turns out to be the old woman turns out to be her grandmother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, she, she gives her like some kind of I can't remember exactly what she says. It's a funny part. It's like uh, if, you, if you're going to deal your own shit, you got to eat it or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, was there anything else before they decide to ascend the plate? I know you fight Abzu again, but it's basically the same. No, uh, that's, I, I mean, thought, I, I thought the general scenes around, um, um, like the Don and Leslie, um, I thought, I don't know. I thought that they were really good. Yeah. I especially liked how, how Leslie thinks he's going to pull one over. He's like, got, he got the gun. 
and then uh and then it just totally goes south and right. then cloud and them have to have to hop in and save them again <laughs> of course and the little chase with the the show like the crazy show that has the necklace is kind of was interesting <laughs> i was kind of annoyed by it i was like this is never ending <laughs> it's a little fluff yeah all right so stupid little chodes we want to move to the next one and the final one we'll be covering today yep so chapter 15 the day midgar stood still so i'm i totally love most of these chapter names especially towards the end here yeah uh so this is another another chapter that is not so story filled uh it's pretty much uh just the team scaling up the the wall um yeah it also introduces using the grappling hook. I think it's only in this chapter that you really use the grappling hook as a, uh, as far as I remember. Yeah. yeah as like it. a, as a gameplay device. So you're pretty much spending the whole time, uh, scaling up the wall, fighting Shinra soldiers and like robots and stuff, uh, and using the grappling hook to get from one end to another. You get some good um, banter between cloud Tifa and Barrett. Um, yeah. And, and you get some pretty good look sees over, like uh, Midgar as a city uh, in the slums and everything. In the um, wreckage of Sector 7, they sort of look at that and reflect on it for a second. Yep, and when you get to the top, you start seeing some of the... Uh, some of the. So we all know, okay, the slums were totally destroyed. That sucks. But I don't think it's really talked about that the people uh, like that lived on the plate as well mm-hmm. were were killed and damaged and... Um, so you kind of see that too, where people who are top side are like, Oh, like, what do we do now? Like, Oh, where's my dad? Blah, 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 blah. Um, well, we know that from Advent children that Denzel's the kid that Cloud and Tifa adopt, that his parents lived on the sector seven plate because they were, uh, uh, Shinra employees and oh, yeah, they right. died. And so that that kind of sucks. It makes you realize, like, oh, like everybody talks about how it devastated the slums, but I mean, people who were topside, uh, Shinra wasn't just wiping out uh, like the slums and and you yeah. know the scum that lived un- underneath the place. They were also wiping out like their own employees. Right. So that's pretty crappy. <laughs> but once you get to the top, you pretty much find uh, get to the top and make your way to the um, the the Shinra headquarters. Mm-hmm. And I can't boss, I can't remember any if any if there are any uh, the boss battle was a machine right it was it was the, that uh, chopper thing from the uh, OG version they call it the Valkyrie this time yeah um, I didn't really have any problems with it did you guys it was pretty much a one and done no nope. lightning one thing that long. is interesting is that in the original you fight that thing in a totally different spot um, in the elevator uh, during the escape from the Shinra building you fight what is now known as the arsenal. And after you defeat it, it turns into the Valkyrie thing. Um, so I guess they just wanted to pad out this part a little bit more and make the, the later part. The arsenal was already hard enough. So, Yep. So, yeah, that's pretty much the entire uh, entirety of Chapter 15. Uh, so it ends with them kind of seeing the Shinra building and then saying, okay, I like we're doing this. Yeah. At this point, now I was like, let's go. <laughs> yep. I was excited to move on. Um, but I think it's probably wise that we decided to cut it here. The um, There's a lot that goes down in the Shinra building, and I think that we will probably have a lot to say about those things. Yeah, the, chap- the last three chapters are definitely a lot of the changes happen. Um, there's a lot of 
new things that we need to talk about. Yeah. And but, just a lot of cut scenes. Right. So yeah. But the question is, um, are we going to try to do just a part three for the remainder of the story and then talk about everything else in a part four? Or are we <laughs> going to try to combine? <laughs> we can decide that off air if we need to. <laughs> to, to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But yeah, uh, that's it for part two of the review. Outros and plugs. We sort of just went over it. What's next so week, ne- Jay? Next week, we are just going to be probably finishing, uh, definitely finishing the story and maybe talking about gameplay, all depending on how much of the story we end up talking about. Uh, I'm going to try not to, to dive into theoretical territory as we talk about uh, the end of the story here to save that for a bonus episode. Uh, but yeah, we will definitely finish up the story review next week's episode uh and if we have the time we will start on the gameplay yeah um guys one more quick reminder uh the material lockdown is going on now we've got a little bit of time left and damn i need to go and finish my run i I beat it last year but i didn't finish the side quest so i want to try to get beat the weapons with my lockdown uh but anyway so that ends june 2nd i believe so your time's running out get started if you haven't Lockdown in your lockdown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, it. The uh, So for some plugs, guys, we'd really appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast on whatever podcasting app you listen to this on. Um, like I've said before, it's the number one way you can help our show grow. We want it to reach as many people as possible. You guys can witness our debauchery. It's not enough to keep it to ourselves. So, uh, yeah, give us a review, please. We'd really appreciate it. Definitely. All right. So if you want to talk to us more off air, definitely look at our Discord channel. It's a very open community. Uh, We talk about anything and everything RPG related. Uh, Link to the Discord channel is in the description. And do not forget about the Patreon. So with the Patreon, if you are a um, a patron, you get early episode access, uh, ad-free episodes, and you can participate in live video versions of the podcast whenever we do them, which is most of the time, but not all of the time. Uh, we also will have extra reviews and extra bonus episodes, uh, particularly the aftercast and then uh, reviews like like all those random Mario games that, <laughs> that uh, Scott and Corey play through. Uh, additionally, we will probably be putting our th- uh, bonus theory episode for Final Fantasy VII Remake as a Patreon, uh, a patron-only episode for at least a little bit. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, and we love and appreciate all the support that we get. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. And any if feedback you want to leave us, um, you know, questions, comments, concerns, anything, you can email us at rpgafteryears at gmail.com. We definitely appreciate seeing some of those conversations. Yeah. And so for the another good way to get a hold of us um, would be Twitter. Um, you could find the show account at 
RPG years. And you can find me at the Scott Spot. And me at HailBlue1569. You can find me at JAYHizzle. And you can find Bill at Matunica. Who? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably Will. have a tea time next week. His name's Will. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we have for today on this crazy story of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Join us next week. I'm Rich. I'm Jay. And I'm Scooter. (laughs) We'll see you next time for more RPG After Years. Later. Later. Later.